0: of you came in this morning and asked how crazy it was at my house and how early I got up, and uh, a few others said, well, we were up not too, too early this morning. It was actually okay, and, uh, a, a sweet morning, indeed, at the McKee household. Others said it was really peaceful at their house this <laughs> morning, <clears throat> and that's good, too. <laughs> um, one of the... Uh, Church Fathers John Chrysostom said that uh, to, on this night, on this day, uh, Bethlehem is like heaven because in Bethlehem the angels sing and praise God and in Bethlehem uh, Jewish shepherds gather in and come to worship Christ uh, and kings from the east begin to draw near and offer gifts of homage. Jesus comes and is right in our midst. Uh, the Son of righteousness shines his light upon all. Um, and, in some, and in some sense, uh, this morning, as we gather as God's people from north and south and east and west, and we come together in this place, uh, it is like heaven, uh, because it is like Bethlehem. We've already joined with the voices of angels and archangels and the company of heaven to worship Christ, Uh, We come as representatives of the creation and gather it up and offer it up to the Lord. And Jesus Christ comes and meets with us by His Spirit and then feeds us at His table. Uh, God in the feeding trough, God in the manger, God at the table giving Himself to you and to I. So this morning, um, we're going to make our way to the table. That uh, That is the truest experience of Christmas that we might have. But before we get there, we have a couple of stories to tell. So I invite you to to listen carefully and listen well, whether your morning has been harried or peaceful. Um, (laughs) Listen now to this word from the Lord from Luke chapter 2. It is the birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This was the first taxation when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered there with Mary, his espoused wife, who was great with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, for there was no room for them in the inn. There were in that same region shepherds uh, abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there appeared, oh, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, will." toward men. When the angels departed from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known to them the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks on this Christmas morning for the gift of your Son, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have come to be with us as our God, as our Savior, in such humble shape and form. We pray that we might receive you anew this day and that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that you would open not only our minds and our ears, but also our very hearts that you might rest there with us and bring us your peace. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, So this is a day of gifts, right? day often of giving presents. Of course, Christ is our gift from God, the gift of himself. Uh, I'll give you a smaller gift, a shorter sermon. How does that sound? (laughs) Uh, So very. we've heard the story. Uh, We know the story. We desire to enter into the story and to experience the story that, not just a story, but into Christ himself. We desire to receive him, to live in him, to draw near to him, to, uh, to feast upon him. Uh, and this morning, as we reflect upon this story, we've been praying, as we've been lighting the Advent candles each and every week. O oh Lord, teach us what it means for you to come and to live with us in our world here. And so here certainly uh, is not a comprehensive take on some of what we can learn from God dwelling among us. But here are a few things that we might lift up. First, where was Christ born? Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. And more specifically, in a stable. Stable. in a stable, with the animals at the very least, right? Uh, there was no room for, for them in the end. I don't want us to miss that very simple and straightforward fact that Jesus was born in the muck, in the mire, and in the filth. Often as we kind of recreate this scene in our minds, we make it very clean, and we sanitize it, and we make it look like the nativity uh, scenes that we put in our yards or outside of the church, but Christ was born into the dirty places of this world into the muck and into the mire. Um, I think that tells us at least that Jesus is not afraid of coming to the messy places in your life either. That Jesus doesn't come to be with us in our world and take up residence in the shiniest palace, in the highest place so that we can maybe manage to make our way to him one day and ask if we can enter into the courts of the king bowing and scraping, trying to get ourselves clean enough to show up in His presence. But Jesus Jesus comes into the very messiest of places to take up residence with us. Jesus doesn't come on Christmas Day just to see you polished up, cleaned up, showing up in church. He wants to enter into the places in your heart that you will be ashamed for everyone else in this room to see. That's where he wants to be. Jesus enters in to the stable. Uh, There's a story that Jesus will tell later in his life. The story of the prodigal son, the one who takes all the riches of the father that he's given him and wanders off and spends them lavishly and and lives in squalor and then wastes his fortune and ends up where in a pigsty. With the dirtiest of the animals. And then at some point in the story, he has this moment. It's like rock bottom. Yeah. And so he says, he repents. He turns around. He remembers his father's house. He remembers that he had it pretty good there and that his father was loving and gracious and maybe he would receive him just as a servant. And so he makes his way back. And when the father sees him, he runs down the road, arms spread wide to greet him and draw him in. And they kill the fatted Uh, calf, and they throw a party for him. He puts a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and cloak on his back. It's a story of the love and the welcome and the forgiveness of the Father. It's a wonderful story that Jesus tells. But we shouldn't miss the fact that Jesus is actually present with them to tell it. Part of the story, part of that story, is that the Son, our Lord Jesus, comes into the story of the prodigal son and chases him all the way down the road and finds him in the pigsty and jumps right in with him. How else would he have been given the gift and the miracle of repentance? It is the story of Christmas. Christ come in the midst of the animals and the muck and the mire in your life and mine to gather us in and to lead us back home. Jesus enters into the mess, yours and mine, Newland Presbyterian churches, Avery counties, the United States, the world, that he might be with us and so that he might lead us home. Also, uh, this story opens up for us the reality, the obvious truth that Jesus comes to us as a baby that when God chose to enter into the world, he did so as each one of us has, that he didn't immediately sit up on the throne or take the most powerful position of the world, but he came in that most hopeless or most helpless state of infancy. He couldn't even dress himself, he who clothes us with his righteousness. And so... The invitation, I think, is that as we consider how Jesus comes to us, not just into our world, but to you, I think it worthy of note to recognize that Christ comes to you with gentleness and with love, and also He who has no need of nothing comes to you and places Himself in your own life as one who needs. Needs you to nurture Him within you needs you to care for him and to come to him and to be with him and to spend time with him. He places himself in a position of need before you. And you on the other hand can come even as you would to a child, to a babe and care for Christ who meets you in this way. The God of all things come as a babe. But Lest you think that God comes as a child, as a human being, as one of us, and yet ceases to be God, that is not the case. As one who comes with so much gentleness that it is actually weakness, it is not that. I want you to notice something that has long stood uh, in the tradition of the church when we see depictions of Christ there in the manger. Often we see a couple animals there with him. A number of animals, but let's see if you can hit the two that I'm looking for. There's a lamb. There's a donkey. And often a cow. Yeah. A donkey and a cow in particular. Of course, Christ is the shepherd. Christ is the lamb. He is the sacrificial, so that we, we can understand those things. But often there's the donkey and a cow. Different ways to understand and interpret this um, One of which, this is depicted as as both Jews and Gentiles together. Uh, Christ comes to those. But there's also something of a hidden meaning. Uh, In the ancient world, in the pagan world, uh, there were often animals that would be understood to be having some sense of connection with the divine, uh, as they understood it, with the gods, with the pagan gods. And so you would have idols in the shapes both of cows or calves and of donkeys. And these animals would be sacrificed. Sacrifice would be offered before them to these gods. And so instead in this instance of human beings coming and kneeling before the cow and the donkey, what do we see? We see the cow, the donkey, kneeling. Before Christ, it is an inversion of the way that the world had been. No longer humanity bowing to these false idols, but now they bow to the true God in our midst. It's a little, sort of like a little secret hidden in that traditional depiction of Bethlehem. You might remember in Israel's own story a golden calf. You remember this? That is no longer the defining moment in the story of Israel or the world that they have received the law from God but then bow before this false idol um, which was in many ways synonymous with Baal. Uh, God of fertility, God of the storm and so on. Uh, no, now this one comes and bows rightly before Christ. The one who comes to us in the gentleness of a child is also the God over all the gods the Most High God, who has created all things and chooses to dwell in the midst of His people, even when it's messy, so that we might be gathered up and brought home. That's exactly what Jesus wants to do in your life this Christmas. Let's receive Him, and let's bow before Him too. In the name of the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas.